Lord, thank you so much for this day. Uh, God, as we look into your word and talk about just as a, um, as a church and as believers, how we treat each other uh, with Christian kindness and goodness and grace, uh, even as we look at uh, the topic today of, uh, uh, of someone who has stolen something from someone else and uh, after faith that uh, another brother in the, in the Lord uh, speaks up for him and encourages someone to receive him back. God, uh, I pray as we look at Philemon that we would glean the, the insights and uh, just look at, uh, look at how we should be as believers uh, in Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You know, when we come to Philemon, it's, it's Paul's, it's the shortest uh, epistle that Paul wrote. Uh, it's uh, pretty much, if you want to put it this way, it's just one chapter. And uh, it's just uh, a half a page, depending on how big a print is in your, uh, in your Bible. And uh, it, it was written by Paul. Paul was actually in chains. It was written, you can see uh, uh, the dating uh, anywhere between uh, 60 and 62 A.D., depending on uh, the dating process you use or what other people use, whether they use our current, uh, current calendar, which is actually off a little bit when they did the original dating. Uh, but uh, Paul was in prison. Uh, if you compare uh, the book of uh, Philemon, which is actually written to an individual, uh, that if you compare it with uh, Colossians, you can see that it was clearly written around the same time where uh, Paul was in prison uh, together. It's written to an individual named Philemon who owned uh, at one point, um, and, and we, we, we think of uh, slavery it is covered in the situation. He had what was referred to as a servant or a slave uh, in those days uh, named Onesimus who obviously had stolen something. Uh, so if you if you think about the practical applications uh, here um, and, and those times, we're very much shaped uh, by uh, slavery that we saw in our country. Uh, it, it was a bit different uh, in New Testament times and even prior to New Testament times. Uh, there were there was forced slavery. Sometimes you chose to become the servant of someone else uh, for life. That would be more of a, a lifetime of employment or a lifetime of service. Sometimes it was to work off a debt. Uh, if you had a debt for someone, you would you would uh, become their uh, their servant, their slave, until you could pay them back. If you didn't have the physical resources to do it, uh, other times you were just born into that kind of a family. In those days, we don't really know the history of the background. What we do know is that uh, a guy named Onesimus. Uh, was a servant, was a slave uh, of, of a guy named Philemon, that somewhere along the preaching of the gospel uh, that Philemon had come to faith, uh, come to faith in Christ. He had gone back uh, to where he lived, and, and, and because probably he was a man of great wealth, began to host what would refer to today as a house church. And uh, he, he held the believers and invited the believers to be a part of, um, of his church Somewhere, Paul, staying faithful, uh, stayed faithful to always share the gospel and preach the gospel. And sure enough, after Philemon had come to faith, uh, the servant who had stolen from him, uh, named Onesimus, had also come to faith. And he had come to faith in Christ. And clearly, Onesimus had confessed to Paul uh, that, you know, I heard you, you, you talking about uh, what God was doing in this place, in this, uh, this place that uh, you came from. And you even mentioned a church out there with a guy named Philemon. And Onesimus somehow in the conversation, we don't know, we're filling in the gaps, uh, told Paul, you know, uh, Philemon uh, used to be my boss. Uh, he used to be my, uh, my owner. 
and he goes, and not only did I ran away, but I ripped him off. And uh, so Paul has a choice to make. Uh, what, do I t- what do I tell this guy? And uh, Paul decides, well, I'm going to write a letter for him and kind of give him instructions on what I think he needs to do with you, that you need to go back, you need to look him in the eye, you need to ask for forgiveness, you need to confess. And as a Christian brother uh, who is a man of, uh, of wealth, he needs to forgive you and receive you back. And uh, Onesimus had clearly become a great uh, encourager to Paul, a a good servant, uh, uh, maybe co-laborer to Paul. Uh, And so uh, Paul actually writes a letter and says, you need to go back. You need to go back. You need to face uh, the person that you stole from. And um, my guess is for Onesimus in that day, uh, he was like, are you you crazy? And uh, Paul says, yeah, the gospel's kind of crazy that way. Uh, that uh, if he's truly a man of uh, genuine faith, uh, he needs to see your genuine repentance, and he needs to receive you back, and he needs to forgive you. And uh, you need to go go look him in the eyes if you are truly a believer and ask for forgiveness. And whatever whatever the outcome is, that's what you accept. And so that's what we see in this book. And so it's really Paul writing from prison uh, to Philemon, uh, to encourage him to receive this guy named Onesimus back, who had clearly stolen from him in the past. Uh, now, if you um, if you know anything, Paul is the author uh, of the book. Um, Paul was in prison, uh, written very much uh, during the time uh, that he wrote the book of Colossians. Uh, and so we're going to look at this, just some of the main characters that you'll see in the book. Uh, you'll see Philemon. Uh, he's a member of the church uh, there in Colossae, probably, as you look at some of the similarities in the writing. Uh, he's hospitable, uh, opened his home up uh, for the church, uh, shared a little bit uh, about church uh, and um, uh, the faith and said, man, you can, you can come here, you can meet here. Uh, there's uh, several other people, Nismus, uh, that we'll see here and we'll read about here in a few seconds, uh, had been uh, an employee, a, a slave uh, of, uh, of Philemon, and uh, evidently had run away and stolen from him. And you'll just see that in the context of, uh, of what, we, uh, what we're going to read here in the next few minutes. All right, so um, as we dive in, is there someone out here that you've, you've heard or you've read the book of Philemon and you know something about it? Just kind of uh, shout it out, talk it out. What do you got? Anybody know it? Anybody, anybody ever heard about it? All right. Part of the reason why I, uh, I cover little books like this is because someday, if you're a believer, you're going to be in heaven. And the last thing I would want uh, you to do is to encounter a guy named Philemon. And he goes, hey, did you ever read about me? And you go, what? And he goes, well, I'm in the Bible. And you go, where? So I want you to at least know, oh, yeah, there's Philemon right there. And uh, some guy named uh, Onesimus. And you go, that's an odd name. And he goes, well, I was in the Bible. Do you read your Bible? And, and so I want you to know these guys so when you spend eternity with them, you won't spend eternity embarrassed. Uh, it's kind of like guys named Habakkuk and stuff like that. I want you to know those guys so you don't sit there and end up being assigned seats next to them in God's choir, and you're just embarrassed for all of eternity. Uh, so anybody know anything about Philemon? Yeah, what do you got? And, and it's going to be interesting as we, as we journey through and as we look uh, in that, speaking of, of Paul's authority, 
uh, one of the things that we're going to see here is, is how to handle authority. Uh, because uh, when we get to one of the verses here, Paul probably had the ability uh, because not only did Onesimus, and was Onesimus um, indebted to Paul uh, because he had shared faith with him and he would received the gospel, but so was Philemon. And Paul probably could have commanded Philemon. And what we're going to see here is Paul said, I could have told you what to do, but instead I'm going to appeal to you. I'm going to ask you. Uh, to follow through in your kindness and your grace. And so Paul chooses to use the word, I'm going to appeal to you, and I'm going to ask you to do it. I'm not going to boss you around. I'm not going to tell you what to do. What else do we know? Uh, anybody, if, if you have a study guide, maybe you see something. Uh, huh? Issue of forgiveness. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody in here? Yeah. Anybody in here carrying some bitterness uh, towards someone a season ago, uh, a time ago that did something to you or even stole something from you or did something to you. Uh, there is a pattern uh, unfolding in here of forgiveness, of, uh, of being willing to forgive someone. And a lot of times uh, we, we aren't good at that. We, we, love, we love asking God to forgive us. Uh, we are just um, uh, not as good as at forgiving others who have harmed us and hurt us. Yeah, what else you got? That's all right. Okay. Uh, we'll, uh, somebody else. Somebody else. What you got? Yeah. And who are you talking about? Paul? Oh, right there at the beginning. Uh, it's pretty, yeah, okay. Pretty, pretty, pretty common, pretty common that, that Paul would say, uh, because remember also you have to understand the context of, of being a prisoner or a servant in those days. Uh, one, Paul is saying, hey, I'm, I might be in chains, but I'm, also, I'm not a prisoner of the Roman government. I'm a prisoner of Christ. In other words, I am serving Christ. I am choosing to be in chains, and, and that's a neat thing. Uh, if, you read, uh, uh, if you read Colossians, you read some, uh, some other books, Paul says part of my imprisonment was for the gospel to expand. And so Paul says, I am a prisoner of the gospel. I'm a prisoner of Christ. And part of that is he's, he's chosen that. He's chosen to be a servant, a bondservant of Christ. He signed up for it. Once I understood the grace and the gospel of Jesus Christ, he says, man, I'm in prison. I'm, I'm, I'm going to preach uh, the gospel in every place and in every way. He does, says the same thing over in Philippians. He says, man, in Philippians, my imprisonment uh, was for the good of the gospel, that all who are in here, all the guards that I'm in, every, all the other servants, all the other prisoners here have, uh, have encountered the gospel. Uh, because of me being a, a prisoner of Christ. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, I understand. Let them off the hook. Yeah, go ask forgiveness personally. Go give for forgiveness personally. That's a, that's a good thing to do. And uh, just not let that, that hatred and that bitterness, that animosity uh, build up. That's exactly right. It, it's very much personal and uh, very much personal. Somebody else? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
it is what we're going to what Derek said, and, and we're going to see it here in a few seconds. Is Paul basically uh, in writing to Philemon? Uh, he he looks at Philemon and he goes, or he basically writes to Philemon. And he says, "Listen, and, and 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 I want you to receive him back as a Christian brother first and foremost. And and if you can't or won't just forgive the debt, just charge it to my account, and when I see you, I'll pay it." And that, that's a great, uh, great thought of, man, I'm going to step in if I have the ability uh, and, and pay someone else's debt. And that's also another great picture of the gospel. Uh, somebody else? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it is a, is a good reminder um, if you put yourself in the, in the situation of Onesimus uh, that uh, regardless of his past, uh, he can be still be used for the gospel and uh, uh, sinfulness, and that, that's that's a that's a good word that that we all have that. Yeah, what do you got? Yeah, um, and, and and if you didn't hear what Ron said, uh, Ron's talking about Paul uh, in Paul's uh, letter to the Corinthians, 1 Corinthians. He went after him pretty hard. He went after him pretty hard, whereas you see grace and love uh, through this book. Uh, and, and it's interesting, if you come back to 2 Corinthians, uh, Paul is, is totally different with the Corinthians in the way he speaks and encourages them. Uh, and part of that is uh, who they were. You know, in Corinth, in the first, and needed needed to be spoken to much more directly. They were believers who claimed to believers, who claimed to work, who claimed to claimed to worship and and serve God, um, but they were arrogant, they were proud, uh, they were contentious, they were they were div- divisive, um, and so Paul goes after them in First Corinthians pretty hard uh, about everything. Uh, then you come back to Second Corinthians when they've repented. He's very much grac- very very much more gracious and kind and encouraging along the way. And in this season, it's almost as if this is the first time he's addressing this issue. He, he's he's addressing this issue of uh, of saying, "Hey, now that you're a believer in the faith, and he's a believer in the faith, y'all's relationship has changed. You know, this is not just uh, two individuals." Uh, one who had something stolen from him and someone, another one who's stolen. You've both been changed by the gospel. Therefore, the, your relationship should change. Does that make sense? It's, it's, there are a lot of things in life that, um, that once two people are believers in Jesus Christ, if they're genuinely believers, uh, they ought to operate in a different plane and a different level, and so should we uh, in, in the same way. Uh, someone else had something. It, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is interesting. Paul, Paul's incredible uh, in that way. Is that you know here Paul was in chains, had the ability, and probably needed Onesimus to stay with him, but he was going to send him back anyways. He says he could be beneficial to me, but Paul, Paul cares as much about Onesimus and and Philemon uh, putting things back together than he does about his own self. And a great, uh, a great mindset for all of us to have. Uh, and, uh, and the way we live and the way we operate and the way we act, 
that um, once, uh, you know, once we've received Christ, uh, it's not about me. You know, it's not about me anymore. It's about uh, the other brothers and sisters in Christ who know me. Uh, it's also, uh, um, you know, about reaching the lost uh, with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's part of why we do a ministry fair is, uh, you know, we still even have a lot of believers who come to church and think church is about me. You know, I, I want them to be sure and, and have the ministries that meet my needs, and I want them to sing the music that I like, and I want them to do this that they do me, and I want them to serve me, and I want them to do this. And if they don't, it's going to make me mad, and I'll just go somewhere else. And uh, that, boy, I, I, that's not the gospel at all. Uh, that probably would get a pretty direct uh, letter from Paul, uh, as is mentioned. Somebody else have something. That's good. Doug, one of the Dougs. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Dale, I just thought about it. What was that old show that this is my brother Daryl, my other brother Daryl? Is that your other brother Doug and your other brother Doug? So, uh, sorry, that's, yeah, I battle those kind of thoughts all the time on Sunday mornings. Uh, you all have no idea what's going through my, huh? <laughs> uh, that, was, that was your family. Uh <laughs> Right, that's exactly. Yeah, yeah, and it's so much, so important in our family for us to teach our kids this uh, as well. All right, well, let's dive in. I don't want to, man, all, all, you've almost touched on all my points. Thanks for preaching my message. Now that I've got something to say, I'm just going to say, yeah, what he said. Uh, all right, as we think about, you know, when we study it and we look at it uh, and we see it, I'm just going to roll through uh, a couple of verses. If you look, uh, you know, if, if you look, when he opens the book, uh, Paul talks about kind of the loving hospitality encouragement uh, of the other early church. It also talks about uh, one of the best ways we can show hospitality and encouragement is in our houses. It's not just at church. It's opening houses. We have home groups. We do a lot of things where we uh, encourage our life groups to have fellowships and home groups. We have home groups that people open up for their neighbors and friends. But look at Philemon chapter 1. Uh, really, it's only chapter, but verse 1 to 3. Paul, it says, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon. There he is. There's the guy who's been ripped off. Uh, our dear friend and fellow worker. All right? He says, also, and he lists a couple of, People, our sister, uh, some believe, we really don't know who that is. Uh, some believe that might be Philemon's wife. Uh, others believe it just might be another another servant in the house or the highest ranking servant in the house. Uh, I lean toward it might be uh, Philemon's wife, uh, but we really don't know our fellow soldier. And then then um, Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets in your home. All right? The church that meets, where, where did the church meet? In Philemon's home, so he was he was wealthy enough to have a good enough palatial estate like you, Shannon, uh, that that the whole church could roll in there. And uh, so uh, so what we see here is that 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 he opened his opened his house for the church. They didn't have the buildings, they didn't have the public facilities, they couldn't go have a church and a school. They didn't do that, so they went into someone's house. That was very common. 
throughout the New Testament, people opened their homes, and that's where the church met. And so I want to encourage you from time to time when we do uh, a series or something to be willing to open your home. Let some folks in your neighborhood come in and do a study. He says, grace and peace to you from God our Father, Lord Jesus Christ. If you look over, uh, the homes are also speak, spoken of in a number of places throughout Acts. But also in uh, Romans, uh, it's talked about in 1 Corinthians. Now, so uh, if you think about the houses, next thing you look is you pick it up, reading in verse uh, uh, 4 and 5, uh, Paul is grateful uh, to the saints and to Philemon. Look at what he says in verse 4. He says, I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers because I hear about your love for all of the God's holy people and your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so uh, Paul compliments and is grateful uh, for Philemon's love, for the church's love, uh, for the encouragement that they have uh, for, for each other. And that's really what it needs to be, uh, a church. And, and Ron mentioned this, talking about the Corinthians. They were divisive. They were angry. They were bitter. They were arguing with each other. And Paul was very direct. This clearly wasn't one of those kind of churches. And I'm always grateful in, in our church that we've really never been that kind of church. Uh, that we're one that, uh, man, we're all going to have our differences. I guarantee God, and that's part of, God designed everybody in this room differently. Uh, there are times that you could sit down and you can have lunch with somebody and they'll, um, they'll say something to you and you go, I, I completely disagree with just the way they see this thing. And uh, the point is uh, to focus on the gospel, not to focus on the differences. And, uh, yeah, we, we need to stand up and if, if there's some theological differences or something like that, uh, some soteriological differences, differences in the way of salvation, we want to make sure we're, we're tied uh, to Scripture on theology. But there are certain times that we need to understand that, man, man just, just be gracious and kind and good and loving to each other. And then so notice as we just pick up reading again in verse 6, he says um, he notices how he refreshed one another and they refreshed each other and how Paul gets great joy out of it. Notice what it says in verse 6. He says, I pray that your partnership with us in the faith may be effective, listen to this, in deepening your understanding of every good thing we share for the sake of Christ. Look at verse 7. He says, For your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. Now, just stop there in verse 7. What are the three things that you see in verse 7 uh, that Paul is encouraged by? List them. Huh? Joy, comfort, and love. All right? Those encourage Paul. Let me ask you a question. Uh, if you reflect back, and, and I've done this uh, a little bit recently as we're, we're talking about the new year, if you reflect back on 2017, uh, how much joy did you bring to other brothers and sisters in Christ? <laughs> You're just going to tie that up right now. Uh, how, how much encouragement? How much did you refresh others? That's right. You know, Shane, yeah, yeah, nor annoy. Uh, a noise, a refresh, yeah. About the time I feel refreshed by Shane, I, Shane, I feel like I'm back in the desert of his personality. And um, so, no, I'm kidding. He, I, I love that. So here, here's the point. If, uh, is, if Paul is grateful that Philemon brought joy to other brothers and sisters in Christ, how many of you think we need to be about bringing joy to other brothers and sisters in Christ? Man, we need to. I mean, we, we need Shane 
making us laugh. We need, man, life is a beating, guys. And one of the constant and consistent Christian messages is one of joy, that we can live beyond the mess and the junk here, even in difficult situations. And let me tell you what, they're difficult. You go back to 2 Corinthians, we talked about it. Paul says, I was bitten by snakes, I was hungry, I was cold, I was naked, I was shipwrecked. You know, I mean, the gospel was trying to kill him, is what he's basically saying. The world is like that to us. Man, when we come together, uh, we're to bring joy to others. We're to bring encouragement to others. Sometimes uh, we believe uh, that that I, I see people that they feel like it's their spiritual gift to make sure that no other believer has any fun. And that's not biblical. That's just not biblical. We are to be about bringing joy to others. He says, you, may bring me, you have given me great joy and encouragement because you have encouraged, is your translation, uh, refreshed others in the faith. Man, that means when you go and you see someone that's a little parched, a little struggle, they're hurting, man, refresh them, encourage them. Say a kind word. Be, uh, be kind to them. Now, if you just jump in. Now, uh, now as we move in, it's kind of interesting. As you move into verse 8 and 9, now Paul has kind of, uh, he's kind, of, kind of put all the sweet stuff out there. So now he's kind of talked out here. Now he's going to move toward directly kind of giving uh, Philemon a challenge. All right, it's one thing, boy, so far he's just kind of high-five Philemon, high-five Philemon, and Philemon could sit there and pat himself on the back. Now all of a sudden, Paul is turning the conversation, all right? He's going to say, all right, now Philemon, you remember this guy Onesimus? Now, let me ask you a question. If you look back over your life, and, and I, I came up to you, and I said, man, I like you, and, you know, Shane or whoever it is, Doug, one of the Dougs or other brother, Daryl. Um, I said, hey, man, I love what you did. Thanks for serving, man. I, just every time around you, you, you just seem to always be encouraging someone. Thanks for volunteering and serving. And then all of a sudden, I brought up the name of a person that had ripped you off. You ever been in one of those situations where all of a sudden just the expression on your face changes? You ever been in one of those, one of those conversations that uh, you're just having a great conversation and all of a sudden someone brings up someone who they seem to have a high degree of respect for and you are not a fan? Anybody ever been in that situation? And you... you, and you, and you Right, that's exactly right. Yeah, and that, so imagine all of a sudden he's reading this letter. And, and if you remember, here's what we got to remember is, is in those days, the letter would show up. It didn't show up in a Bible where they could read it over and over again. Typically what would happen in a season like that is that the letter would show up in Ephesus in the church or Corinth in the church, and someone would be the elected reader, and they would just stand in front of the congregation, and they would read the letter. Okay, they didn't necessarily sit down like we do today and expositionally study it and and come up with seven points. What they would do is they would stand up and read the letter. So you can imagine that Philemon is sitting there in his house. He was probably not the designated reader. All right, he was there. He was probably sitting at the front of the house and the designated reader sitting there reading it. And and about the time he's kind of sitting there going, "Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty good at that." And he goes, "And about Onesimus." And you can imagine him going, what? You know, we're going to go this. So, 
if you might you might want to look at yourself if you're the person that 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 as I talk about someone that's that brings up a bitter past uh, you might want to look at how to receive that person should uh, the opportunity of forgiveness ever come that you can have that forgiveness face to face and perhaps the other way if you're ever the one that is trying to encourage two feuding brothers in the faith or sisters in the faith. If it's two sisters in the faith, I would encourage you as a dude, just stay out. You're going to die. But if it's two brothers in the faith, Paul gives us a pretty good pattern, okay, a pretty good pattern of how you lovingly challenge someone to make things right, all right? He's praised him for some real things. Man, you've done this, and you've done this, and you've done this, and you've been gracious. So, so he's kind of built him up, all right? He's kind of built him up. Now let's pick up um, and notice what Paul did. And this goes back to something I shared with, with Shane. Paul could have said, and as your spiritual father, I command you to receive him back. But that's not what he does. He says, therefore, look at it in verse 8. Paul says, therefore, although Christ, uh, although in Christ I could be bold, and the word that I have in my translation is, and could order you to do what you ought to do, he says, instead, I prefer to appeal to you on the basis of love. Notice what Paul said. He could have commanded him. But he says, instead, I choose to appeal to you. Uh, I could order you, but I choose to appeal to you on the basis of love and in Christ. And he goes, that's my preference. Um, And he says, uh, after all, it's none other than me, Paul, Um, and I could could order you to do it. So if you think, if you ever find yourself in that season, uh, don't come in there with guns blazing. Come in there and say, hey, let's, let's just think about the love of Christ. I said it in Sunday morning. You know, why do we need to focus on love? Man, because it's love that covers a multitude of sins, our sins and the sins of others in relationship with us. Then as you continue to read on, uh, notice um, Paul just kind of gradually eases into the subject, all right? So he says what? He says that I appeal to you. For my son Onesimus, who became my son while I was in chains. So what is he saying? He says, I appeal to you. I don't command you. I invite you because of the grace that you know in the gospel of Jesus Christ that you would remember the love that covered your sin and let that same love flow from you down to Onesimus. Now, it's kind of interesting where you put that, even, even uh, uh, that you wouldn't necessarily see it. But if you look in the original Greek, uh, Onesimus is the very last word in that Greek sentence. And so Paul saved the hardest word for the last word. He, he appealed to him. He didn't command him. And, he, and Paul says, man, I, I just want to encourage you to receive him back to receive him back. Now, continue to read on. Let's jump down to verse 12. And notice, um, notice Paul says, hey, this guy was probably a really good slave. He's probably a really good servant. Paul says, I picked that right up because I'm in chains, and he's become very useful to me. I mean, just immediately. Now, Paul says, I don't know what went on with you all. Obviously, he ripped you off. 
but I can see this guy's valuable. And so I'm going to, instead of me keeping him for myself, I'm going to send him back to you. So pick it up reading in verse 12. He says, formerly, uh, he was uh, uh, useless to you when he ripped you off, when he stole from you. But now he has become useful both to you and to me. He says, I could keep him. I could use him. But I'm sending him back to you. Uh, who is my very heart, I'm sending him back to you. And look at verse 13. He says, I would have liked to have keep, kept him. He says, I, I would love to keep him, but it's not the right, right thing. I would love to keep him with me uh, so that he could make, um, uh, he, could, uh, uh, he could take your place in helping me out. And while I was in change for the gospel, he says, but I did not want to do anything without your consent so that any favor you would do would not be seen as being forced by me, but instead it would be voluntary. He says, I am going to let you make the choice. I would love to keep him. He's useful to me, but that's not right. He's already said, I'm going to appeal to you. I'm not going to command you on the basis of love. I would love to keep him. He's useful to me, but I'm going to send him back to you. He said, so whatever you choose to do, it would be voluntary and not forced by you on my part. Now let's continue to read in verse 18. He says, perhaps the reason that he, has, he was separated from you for a little while uh, was um, that you might have, uh, have the opportunity to bring him back forever. He says, no longer as a slave, but as better than a slave, as a dear brother. Now, that was something that was going to shatter his world. Now, notice he's, he's moving from, I appeal to you, I don't command you, based on love. This guy has been useful to me. I'm sure he was very useful to you, but he had a, had a, little, had a, little, you know, a, a little brain fart, if you want to put it that way, and he ripped you off. And he rolled in here, and now he's accepted the gospel. He's very useful to me. Now I'm going to send him back. So whatever you choose to do with him, it'll be your, your desire, and it'll be voluntary on your part. But me, And now he comes back, and I love that. And uh, he said, man, I would have loved to have kept him. I'd love to, 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 to love him. I'd love to keep him. But perhaps you've been separated for a little while, that while he might be with you, he might come back forever. And notice this. He says, no longer as a slave, but as better than a slave, as a dear brother. Now, as you think about, Paul is saying, listen, when I send him back to you, your natural inclination is going to be treat him the way he was. He says, I'm going to ask you instead to treat him as a brother, not as a slave. In those days particularly from a man who had wealth, who had been ripped off by one of his servants, one of his slaves, he was asking a lot. He was saying, I'm going to ask you to receive him not as a servant, but instead I'm going to ask you to receive him as a brother. And so Paul basically elevates him. He, he brings him back, and that's the way he wants. He says, he is very dear to me, but even dearer to you, both as a fellow man, notice what he's calling him, not just a servant, and as a brother in the Lord. So if you consider me a partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. And look at verse 18. If he has done you wrong or any wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me. He says, if he's done anything to you, if he owes you anything, charge it to me. And he says, I, Paul, am writing this with my hand. I will pay you back. Boy, if you think about this whole thing and, and Paul dealing tactfully uh, with Philemon, he appealed him 
on basis of love. He didn't command him. Uh, he elevates uh, Onesimus in the eyes of Philemon. And then Paul says, and if that's not good enough, if he still owes you something, charge it to my account. I'll pay you back. Man, yeah. Say that again. Oh, yeah, 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 because as he rolls in, he says, part of that. Now, he does, he does use that. That's his own man. He says, not to mention that you owe me your very self. What is he saying? I preached the gospel. I'm the one that shared the gospel to you. I, I, I gave it to you. He says, I do wish, brother, that I may have some benefit from you and the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. He says, listen, as someone who led you to faith, he goes, I hope I receive some benefit. I hope when I show up that you as someone, and, and probably if you looked at what Paul had relative to what Philemon had, they didn't compare. But Paul says, man, if, if I need to pay him, I'll pay him. I'll pay him. I'll pay you for him. But he goes, I hope that I can receive some benefit, that you'll receive him back, not as a servant, but as a brother, that you'll forgive him for anything that he's stolen. But at the same point, I want you to know, I want you to know that my hope is is that you'll just out of the graciousness and kindness of your heart, you'll receive him back. Now look at verse 21. He, he begins to talk about uh, the basic goodness there in Philemon. He says he's not, not suspicious at all. He says, I'm confident of your obedience. I write to you knowing that you will do even more than I ask. What is Paul saying? That as believers in Jesus Christ, he says, you've truly been transformed, you've truly been changed, you're going to be an extra mile kind of person. You're going to be a second-mile kind of person. How many of you know the analogy that I'm talking about? If you go in Scripture, he says, man, if someone comes up to you and says, hey, carry my pack, carry my bag uh, a mile, why don't you go ahead and carry it too? He says, why don't you go the extra mile? He says, I believe in you. I, I believe in And then notice in verse 22, he says, and one more thing, prepare a guest room for me because I hope to be restored to you in answer to your prayers. And so what is Paul saying? As, as he's journeying in there, he, he's remaining optimistic. He goes, man, I, I'm sending you an encouragement. I'm sending you a servant back. But my optimism tells me, hey, hold a room. I can't, I can't wait to come back and see you. I can't wait to come back and preach the gospel. So if you're in the middle of, uh, as we journey off into 2018, if you're in the middle of, uh, of kind of a, a contentious relationship with another brother in Christ, uh, I want to encourage you to listen to Paul's words, to be willing to receive them back, to encourage them, to forgive them, uh, to love them on the basis of the love that you've received. Uh, if you have uh, the ability, as Paul, uh, to mend fences uh, with uh, two brothers that are feuding that you know, do what you can this year to mend fences. Use this as a pattern, as a model. Uh, don't boss them around. Don't command them. Uh, don't tell them to. If, one, if, you, if you know one has been offended more than the other, one's ripped someone off in some way in a relationship, in a conversation, harmed someone's character, if that's where you are, then I want to encourage you. Um, man, be willing to acknowledge that. Hey, I know they hurt you. There's no excuse for what they did. Now, at no point in here did Paul say, you know, had you paid Onesimus more, he wouldn't have stolen from you. He just said, hey, the reality of it is he ripped you off. He took something from you. But now that he's a believer, he's a changed man. And now that you're a believer, you're a changed man. Therefore, 
Do what Christ would want you to do. And that's kind of the word. That's kind of the challenge. 